How's it going, everybody? Uh, welcome to the Watch from Mercury. This is a Gundam Witch from Mercury watch-along podcast. I am one of your hosts, Maxim Allen. And I'm uh, also one of your hosts, Alex Fasella. Did, was there any indication of witches or the planet Mercury in any of this? Because I don't <laughs> think there was. Like, it sounds really rad and metal, but like, I don't, I was like, huh, we're... Okay, guess guess we'll get to it. Uh, yeah, nothing yet. Uh, that that's something that I'm kind of uh, so for listeners. This is episode zero. This is the first episode. We're going to be watching yeah. the the show every week as it comes out, and we're going to be reviewing, sharing our thoughts on it. And this week, we watched the prologue, which is up on YouTube at Gundam Info. I gotta say, I love a prologue to anything. I'm just such a sucker for that as a thematic device. It's like, <laughs> oh, we're gonna meet all the characters 20 years ago to see why they're with. Oh, yes, more please. So good. I, I love it. Okay, so I guess for the listeners, uh, Alex, what what Gundam are you into? What have you watched? So I was a big fan of Gundam Wing when I was a kid, and then uh, I have recently watched all of it as an adult, and it's not good. But it looks really cool. All the mechs are cool, and and you know it's it if it gets it got helped get me into anime, so I'm not really mad at it or anything. But um, I and we'll get to it as we talk about this one. I have not seen a mech anime until this that wasn't made in like 1995. So it was an aggressive <laughs> jump forward in terms of what anime can do right now because I'm used to like the the. My favorite anime is Cowboy Bebop, so I keep hovering around the the dub mm. as them actually trying to match the mouth flap. I didn't learn that until really recently that now they can make the mouth flaps differently for the dub. I was like, <laughs> wait, you can do that? So I'm very much like, I've been Rip Van Winkled into this new age of anime. Um, nice. So, yeah, so any, any, all, any and all of this that just isn't terribly drawn, people moving one arm. And and like talking in weird intervals is mind blowing to me. So it's such a luxury, honestly. So for me, I've just okay during the pandemic. That's when I got finally into Gundam. Right, I like started watching it. The problem with me was I always loved the Gundam Gundams themselves. I love the mobile suits, but every time I'd meet a Gundam fan, they would recommend that I start with Gundam Wing. And then I couldn't get past <laughs> like yeah, two it was episodes. The big, it was how we all got into it in eighth grade. It just was the uh, it, it was the one that it's, took America by storm. And if you watch it now, you're like, why? Like, why? It's yeah, not it's good. bad. <laughs> it's bad. So pandemic, I rewatched. Or I watched for the first time all of the original Mobile Suit Gundam. Then I watched Zeta Gundam, Double Zeta Gundam, Char's Counterattack, the Zero uh, Eighth MS Team, Stardust Memory, War on the Pocket. Uh, what else? I watched Gundam Unicorn, Gundam uh, Unicorn. Is it Project Phoenix? I forgot. It's just a movie. Gundam Hathaway, and then right now I'm halfway through G Gundam, which is another one of these classic 1990s uh, terrible animation uh, <laughs> shows. But yeah, kind of to your point. Uh, oh, also I watched uh, Gundam Iron Blooded Orphans, which was the 2015 show that they put out, which is totally different from a lot of the other Gundam shows. Great watch, but I'm kind of in the boat with you. I've been watching so much old stuff that every moment of this prologue felt like a technical treat. I was like, like the first minute when she's sitting in the cockpit and 
everything looks modern and sci-fi like sci-fi mm-hmm. by today's standards not yes. like 80s sci-fi i was like yo i'm so excited <laughs> yeah it looks so much just cleaner and i mean that in terms of style and in terms of like oh i bet that surface doesn't have grit and grime on it like all the gundams in gundam wing do <laughs> yeah like they these, these have been clean like the evangelion ones i'm like oh yeah those are those look a little gross on the inside these are like yeah oh you could eat off of that cockpit excellent <laughs> also can we just talk about the fact that iron-blooded orphans is maybe the greatest like punk band name that could ever exist <laughs> yeah right it's such a badass title for it's a show so good <laughs> and every uh, time i hear stardust memory i think of the woody allen movie i'm not proud of that but that's where my mind goes every he has time. a he has a movie called stardust memory it's hard to start us memories plural oh my bees. god yeah. terrible because stardust mm-hmm. memory is a fantastic like 10 episode gundam ova yeah that people call it top gundam because it's basically <laughs> top gun but gundam and it's very cool the animation is like that sweet spot where they're like still hand animating everything but it's hyper detailed before cgi so it's mm-hmm. It's beautiful, but this one we're we're talking about the witch from Mercury. <laughs> yes, the, a lot of this had a lot of CGI in it, but it felt much yeah. more natural than like like again. I yeah. was raised in the era of anime where when CGI showed up, it was noticeable and not great. <laughs> and you yeah. watch even in Cowboy Bebop, which is a masterwork, you know they show you a giant spaceship that looks like a, a roulette wheel, and you're like. Uh, you should have just drawn that, buddy. It doesn't look good now. <laughs> Love the show. Yikes, yeah. though. It's they, they didn't they didn't uh it's like one of those things like CGI was like too powerful. They were irresponsible back then. They didn't realize the power <laughs> they held in their hands. It was all about could, not about should. We were playing yeah. God. <laughs> but yeah, so this one, the first minute, we're in the cockpit. The she's trying to boot up, she's like doing a training exercise or something where she's trying to break through these different like layer protocols to like turn the yeah. lifrithon, however you say that. Uh, <laughs> but one thing that got me right in the very beginning is so funny because when she stops the training exercise and she comes out, you hear mama, mama, mm-hmm. and there is a child f- floating through the air of this testing like bay where they have a weapon that is so lethal that they're all afraid to turn it on and the kid is just she's four years old she's just floating through there i'm like how did you get in here and why is no one freaking out let's let the kid play around the nukes like it's just it's just just a baby floating amongst the bombs like that yeah that's wildly irresponsible i never put that together (laughs) it was like i i couldn't believe it i was like i feel like in the previous like gundam shows like especially the older ones the Gundams are so sacred as prototypes that they're like, yes. oh, you got to be careful. Watch out. Don't go in there. Yeah. Don't look at them. Don't think about them too hard. They might ver- <laughs> explode. Like, yeah, <laughs> they're very unstable. And if you look at one, I mean, what's the mythos in Gundam Wing? If you see one, you die. Like, really? That, that's the whole thing. Is that, obviously, because the pilot's supposed to be so right. deadly. But the whole thing they keep going in the beginning is like, oh, if you see a Gundam, like you will not be seen again, which is cool. And then, you know, Gundam Wing goes Gundam Wing. So yeah. Anyway, <laughs> better Gundam. Yeah. So I, how did you like the design of the Lifrith, the I mobile suit it. itself? I liked it a lot. Like I said, you know, uh, I'm so used to anime that looks, and it, and it is kind of charming to see with the 2D animation stuff that looks very lived in. These don't mm-hmm. look very lived in, but also there's a charm in that, um, yeah. where it looks like this is factory sealed prototype it looks like how a prototype would actually look like where a military is maintaining this it looks so 
impossibly smooth and shiny and well yeah. well made. And I also like wasn't it in like fun like pink and purple color? Like it was very yeah. vibrant too, which is cool. That so one thing that I ba- I build Gunpla, okay, and they're mm-hmm. releasing kits for one of the uh, mobile suits from the series called the Gundam Ariel, and I think unfortunately my prediction is that Gundam like the Gundam Air or Lifrith turns is like the base model and then turns into other stuff through the series. Okay. So I'm like, I'll, I like the Lifrith design so much. I'm like sad that it's probably just going to be for the prologue, you know, yeah. like it's probably going to get updated in a time jump and changed, but you're, I'm, I'm on board with you. Like it looks so clean and like modern and cool. Like to me, I'm just envisioning like, you know, when you buy a TV and it has that film over it that you get to yeah. peel. Oh, that yeah, sticker. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like you buy I'm a imagining... new guitar and it's over the pick guard. You're like, ooh, yeah. ooh I, don't, I don't want to take it off just yet. I want to appreciate this <laughs> I'm sweet imagining, Les Paul. I'm imagining just going to that testing bay and just every panel of armor has one of those stickers. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, the... And, and it, it's it's interesting that you say that, like, oh, it looks really modern. Because like, that is, I think, the best way to describe it. Because a lot of anime that I love is that kind of, it's it's kind of got that Star Wars effect where it it looks mm. like the future, but it doesn't look modern. Cowboy Bebop is just set in Western towns. They just happen to have hyperdrive and stuff, but like they also have regular guns, and it just looks like it could be right. anywhere. But this looks like, okay, you want the future? We'll give you the future. It yeah. will look like stuff we don't have. <laughs> and that's fun, too, because I, I love a lived-in future, but I also love something that feels kind of alien and clean like that, yeah. too. And I'm I'm a big fan of like the cyberpunk genre. Like yeah. I love Blade Runner is like my favorite. I've only seen the Cowboy Bebop movie. I need to watch the series. Oh but, yeah, series. The movie's good. The series is phenomenal. Yeah, it, it, yeah. I've watched like ten episodes of it. I didn't get all the way through. I just got distracted. But the what I liked about this particular series is that, especially when they're explaining the gunned technology. Like, I like that they've included cybernetics in this show, which is yeah. something that is notably absent from almost all all Mobile Suit Gundam series, except for, like, Gundam Thunderbolt. Yeah, like, and it kind of, like you're saying, it felt kind of Blade Runner. Like, oh, yeah, we yeah. started with with cybernetic limbs, and then we thought cybernetic Mobile Suit. Like, it actually feels like, okay, we had the technology for a reason, and now it's been militarized, and what's yes. going to happen? And the whole, you know... I don't like you know much more about the Gundam kind of franchise than I do, but like I hadn't seen in any kind of mobile suit stuff the the theme they bring up of this could actually kill the pilots, and is that its own like bioethical issue? Given that it started yeah. with things to make human life better, if you are missing a limb or something, I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, that so cool. That one, that piece. There's uh, Iron Blooded Orphans uses that same kind of concept where it's like certain suits have this thing that t- like cl- plugs into your spinal cord and mm-hmm. it can damage its users. But even they talk about the ethics of it because main- mainly it's in- installed in like child soldiers to operate Ooh. these things. Like Gundam, they love their child soldiers, huh? They do. They oh. the, one thing I love about it, and this is all this is my love for all Mobile Suit Gundam is they don't play with the themes. You know, it's not like it's not like oh. Uh, Ash Ketchum is a Pokemon trainer. He's having a happy adventure. Sometimes it's emotional. It's like, if you want big robots in a war, people will really die and it will really be sad. You know? Yeah. There's real yeah. consequences. It's not fantastical. Yeah, yeah. And and it's like, 
you know, as much as we're going to rip on Gundam Wing, I can already feel throughout this entirety <laughs> of this podcast ongoing because it's just, we have to. Um, it does try to do some of those themes of like, what is war? What is the path to peace? It doesn't yeah. do them well. But for a cartoon trying it all, I'm like, okay, I can I can get behind that. And even like we were just talking about the theme of like, um, what is the human cost literally to your body? They hint at that a little bit in Gundam Wing when the tall geese give Zex a heart attack. And then it's just completely dropped. So I'm like, oh, good. <laughs> our show's going to actually follow through that really interesting idea. Yeah. And I when they activate it, so we're kind of skipping ahead in the episode here. But like when they activate it in the final fight scene of the prologue. And like you can see the like it, it looks like crystals forming on their face. Very yeah. cool effect. Yeah. Uh, so basically, what? Okay. So we have the gun t- technology, which they explain is like basically cybernetic technology that they invented and developed to help humans survive in outer space. Like that's and like overcome whatever disabilities they might have. I got a little lost in which corporation did what. So did I. <laughs> yep. There's the Oaks, which makes me think of folk singer Phil Oaks. So yep. my head goes to a. I go on a different journey when that word shows up. And then there was somebody yep. else. And then there's a guy who's clearly the villain who looks almost like an evil Tony Stark kind of military weapons so, guy. But yeah, there, there's a, the there was one... a lot in this 20 minutes. There was a lot in this 20 yeah. minutes. Yeah. I might, I'm going to totally rewatch it before we watch the next episode, but it's like you have, okay, so Oaks Earth bought the technology, the gunned technology from someone. Okay. And the Vandis Corporation is the ones developing the Lifrith. And I'm not sure where the bad guy, what what he works for. I, I think he was on that mobile suit council that was like sort of yeah. a judicial body to like make sure i don't know I, I, a lot it, of this felt like i don't understand it I, i'm having fun though i don't care like, yeah i a for a watch along podcast i just realized like oh i should come in i should have the answers but truly there is so much that goes on this th- yeah. these are questions that are going to be answered over the course of the show and i think more yeah. like this prologue was like everything all at once show you the new mobile suits give you the new story the new universe like new characters like jam it all in in a way that yep. makes you want to watch more and just to and top it off, let's throw you a dead dad. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> Happy birthday. To- <laughs> yeah. And I, okay. My Sob. next point, my next plot point here is, okay, quick note. They have the, in this show, they have the Earthian versus Spacian, which is, of course, like the Federation versus Zeon. Mm-hmm. I think Gundam Wing has something like this, where it's like there's Earth people and there's space people and they got beef, yeah. right? Yeah. There is a there's also a running thing in the Gundam entirety of the franchise this idea of the new type which is like yeah. people who are raised in space being built different essentially and <laughs> yeah. it gets into some eugenicsy territory which is yeah. always dicey depending on how the character who's you know expressing that idea is but yeah Earthian and Spacian and and, and again it's an interesting idea of like okay if you lived your entire life away from the earth what would that do to you even if the you know, the colonies like in Gundam Wing are designed to just look like Earth. But mm-hmm. what does that do to your brain when you actually right. end up coming to Earth? Does it do it? You know, it's it's like an uncanny valleyness of Earth. Like it's so perfect, but it's a little bit off. kind of. Yeah. Thing. I didn't realize they had new types in uh, in Gundam Wing. Yeah, they don't say new type, but it's like a Gundam Wing. Also, one of its flaws is that it assumes that you're kind of familiar with some of the Gundam tropes, like the new type or like the villain who always wears a mask. So it kind of just yeah. goes 
uh, and does some of those tropes and doesn't pay them off well because it assumes that you are... But every child that I know who saw Gundam Wing saw it with no other knowledge of any mobile suit stuff except maybe Voltron, if we're even calling that a mobile suit, which we probably shouldn't. Um, so <laughs> no a lot way. of that was lost on us. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and it's lost on yeah. me now because I haven't watched most of it, but still. Right. Okay, so my next bit, bit that I was going to mention is, uh, so we have uh, Nadim, Elnora, El Eri, and Dr. Cardo are kind of the early characters. So Nadim and Elnora are Eri's parents and then they call dr cardo granny as well uh is that next supposed to be her mom or was she or is uh, it just like ah oh, she's the old lady that works in the th-? or i couldn't tell if that was supposed to be her actual grandmother no i don't think it was i think it was supposed to be like oh she's the doctor that my mom works for but oh, okay, i call her granny because i hang out with her gotcha this is another one of those leaving the child with the nuke type things uh yep. you remember she's like she's like exploring the hallway she's like what's going on and she finds Granny in the cockpit of the Lilifrith, and Granny talks to her, and then sits her in the seat of the thing, and then Granny goes away, leaving the child alone in the <laughs> cockpit of the mobile suit. <laughs> just, just sit on the atomic bomb that's gonna drop on Hiroshima. Just, it, what, what's the, what's the harm? Yep, and it's like they, uh, oh, what was it when they're when they're in, in? Okay, so the the bad guy. They're like gonna raid the 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 moon base or whatever they're on the space station to take the mobile suits because they're like oh the mobile the gunned technology used in this way is killing its pirates like or killing its pilots and he says something like uh, war should be fought like the uh, old school way like they should like people should be killing people machines could be uh shouldn't be killing people oh here it is once someone holds in their hands a tool meant purely for killing they have to bear the sin that comes with it so they're basically saying like we are cool with weapons but if you're gonna have a weapon it shouldn't automatically kill people it's you need a person pulling the trigger in a way this this is a villain i'm i think i'm gonna really like him being, mm-hmm. Not maybe not as a human being, but as a character, because that this is one of those things where you're like, yeah, he's got a point. Like <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> you get to remove like a, one of the big. I, I am um, a huge history nerd, and one of the biggest advancements in colonization and white supremacy was the invention of the automatic weapon because right. you could stand at a distance and just mow down brown people and it would just feel like a video game to you and it was a horrible, horrible thing for humanity. Right. You know, so. The idea of like, okay, you want to have a weapon that is meant to kill someone, you better be okay with your psyche shattering if yeah. unless put it down or bear the, the the cost of it on your soul, as it were. So I love stuff like that. Yeah, it's it's truly like yeah, I I yeah, now I'm just thinking about the horrors of the Maxim gun. <laughs> but <laughs> no relation, okay. It might be my name, but no relation. Okay. Uh, okay. but I, I I do one thing I love about uh Gundam across the board is the gray area of the the protagonists and the villains all the yeah. time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like even with this guy who's like he gets on screen, and you're like, this is the bad guy. Then he makes a really good point, and you're like, all right, so he's kind of a bad guy. <laughs> you're like, I bet he sucks, but you know, I'll hear him out on some stuff. Like, kind of, kind of love the vibes, love that uh, duality. No, mm-hmm. like I, I don't like the everyone is right or everyone is wrong. Yeah. You know, it, it just makes it so much more fun uh, when a villain has like a like a dynamism to their philosophy. Totally. Who knows? Maybe maybe we end up like watching an episode one is Ari grown up 
working for this guy uh who knows it could go any way i i've i've been avoiding all spoilers except for what uh model kits are dropping <laughs> so <laughs> do uh, they ever accidentally drop spoilers in model kits the way they accidentally drop spoilers in like funko pops is that a thing ba- pretty much i think i think they use like bandai knows what they're doing i think they use the model kits to build hype for the series Gotcha. Because it's more fun to build a model kit once you see that mobile suit in action, you know? So they start listing, they're like, oh, here's all the upcoming kits for Witch from Mercury. And you're looking at these suits and you're like, oh, I wonder who pilots that one. I wonder if this mm-hmm. is like a main character or someone who dies right away, or if this is like a grunt suit. Yeah. So there's a little, like the Gundam Ariel thing is like the only one where I'm like, okay, so the suit in the prologue is not going to be probably the main character suit because the Gundam Ariel looks just like the Lifrith. But its colors are blue, yellow, and red, and white. Okay. So, protagonist colors, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and again, props for making this the the suit actually colorful and fun to look at. It's not just like Wing Zero is just sad gray and like white <laughs> and some dark blue. Like, Yeah, the, the Wing Zero is a badass suit, though. It does yeah, look yeah. sick. Um, yeah. Next, next thing I have written down, this is... Um, I loved the sound design in this. I'm sure you noticed when they fire up the beam swords and shoot the lasers for the first time, it feels like you're in an IMAX. Like the the yeah. sounds are all unique. They're futuristic. They're well thought out. It makes the combat. It's so like it makes everything feel like, oh, yeah, that's going to punch a hole in whatever it hits, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And just like watching the sound design match the 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 creativity of the visuals where they have that shield that will just fly into chunks and then become yeah. a beam saber and then fire. And it's just like, okay, I like all of this. The shield is like one of the coolest weapons ever. Like, I don't know when, okay. So at the end of the episode, of course, spoilers, if you listen to this, if you're listening to this and you haven't watched the episode, uh, you're doing it wrong. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Retroactive spoilers. Uh, <laughs> Sorry retroactive spoilers so they they invade the ship uh the bad the the gray area bad guy invades the ship and he is not a masked char clone uh yet <laughs> so he invades the ship do you, think, do you ship. think he's gonna get a mask later though are we getting Ooh. a mask time skip he has a mask he gets burned yeah. with something <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's like the phantom of the opera mask over one half of his yeah face. there you go <laughs> so he they invade the ship they're shooting everybody they're killing everybody and this is the part where uh, it turns out the four-year-old has been imprinted on the Lifrith to activate our main character mobile suit, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is insane. If uh, Granny knows that people are going to come to take the nuke, they're like, let the child use it, you know? <laughs> yeah. This was a, a good example of like, it is kind of a cliche to be like, and it turns out the child was the secret. To, she had a bomb, but this was done so well. I didn't even realize it was that trope until we're just talking now, which means that's how well it was done. Like, oh, shit, yeah. the little kid can pilot the thing. Oh, cool. it's essentially a way better version of what happens when Anakin Skywalker realizes he can like fly spaceships real good. Yeah, it's that, but not terrible. <laughs> so. But also like way more sad. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So it's it's Ari's birthday. I'm, I'm sure you wrote these down. You're right. You wanna you wanna talk about this next piece? Uh, the the family drama of this really got. First of all, man, that child. Nukes aside, that child is constantly unattended. It's not <laughs> not great. But um, yeah, it's her birthday. 
and she just wants to spend it with her family and her strawberry cake, and she feels like sibling rivalry with the Gundam, but then she gets an affinity for the Gundam, and that's really sweet. Mm-hmm. And then I, I imagine, well, I don't want to spoil it. I mean, spoilers through the whole thing, but like, I don't want to jump ahead in our conversation of why being her birthday ends up being the saddest moment of the whole goddamn episode. <laughs> but but I, I, interesting about the civil sibling rivalry. I didn't pick that up. Yeah, because you can tell she's mad that it's distracting from her birthday. And then she gets to sit behind it, and then she thinks it's fun, and she talks to it like, I think she said like it's her little sister. Mm-hmm. Oh, and well, gr- Granny says she's like, oh, Lifrith is like an infant. She needs to like learn or something. Yeah, yeah. I hope I'm not remembering wrong that it, that she had a sibling rivalry. I think that was in there. Uh, I, it kind of makes sense, honestly. Like, it kind of yeah. taken away attention for her parents. And then over the course of this episode, and I'm guessing the series, because we're probably going to time skip ahead to episode yeah. one. But I'm guessing it'll be like one of those things like, oh, only this mobile suit was there when that thing happened that day, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's going to be, and I know it's going to, again, it's going to sound like the biggest cliche in the world. The mobile suit's going to be its own character because yep. also in a lot of these, they hint that, you know, the mobile suits themselves have a sliding scale, but some autonomy that they can do things on their own depending on which series you're in. So mm-hmm. having that the mobile suit be there for the kid in that very specific heartbreaking moment that she doesn't seem to realize is a heartbreaking moment on screen, which makes it even sadder because you know, she's going to figure it out later. How yeah. fucked up what just happened is, um, is, is, uh, is something I'm very much looking forward to seeing unfold. Oh yeah. Yeah. And especially with this whole like gunned system where it's like, if you push it too hard, it like causes pain to the users, you know? Yeah. Seeing how yeah. that kind of relationship works out between the mobile suit and the the pilot. Yeah, that's almost like Evangelion territory. Like, all right, how much of your mind are you willing to break today? <laughs> yep. I love it. So uh, moving forward here, we had a, so they raid the ship. The, the, the Lifrith turns on with Aerie and Elnora in the cockpit. And they start, um, they start fending off invading mobile suits. This fight scene is like, top tier top tier fight scene in space the shield like you said the shield exploding into like i don't know if they're technically bits or funnels but when it explodes into the pieces and they're all making individual attacks they have the grunt suits that have the the missile launchers where instead of like just dumb fire missiles they like stick to the enemies and then blow up yeah yeah they got those like little little, like Landmines is obviously the wrong word, but those kind of like charged things that like stick on you and then blow up. And they called it like the enemy's doing a swarm attack. I'm like, yes, please. This is so <laughs> rad. So fucking cool. It, I loved it. Uh, the, 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 the bad guy suits, the bad guy grunt suits that have the, I like the purple lenses on the tan suits. It like mm-hmm. really pops great coloring. Uh, I got also the, the the uh, the enemy suit like the purple one that the main bad guy pilots the big goyer bow <laughs> the weird purple demon bird suit i love like i <laughs> love him isn't that that isn't epion from gundam wing yeah <laughs> i loved him a lot like of purple landing. demon bird suits in this i loved franchise. him landing on them and just ripping them apart with his feet you know <laughs> yes i will say so i'm uh I know I'm in the minority of anime watchers and that I prefer dubs because I know I'm wrong, but I like dubs because I can focus on the visuals more. And also right, there's right. the nostalgia I was raised on dub. So like there is a part of me that's like, I don't want to be reading. I want to look at the, the laser beams. Come on. Like, so you're, 
You're, I'm, you're, I'm, I'm sort of remembering things you're saying because I have to keep switching from the bottom text yep. to the thing, and I also have <laughs> severe ADD, so I'm doing my best to keep up. But yes, all of yes to everything you just said. I fully agree. Love it, love it. And so, uh, do you want to go into the before we kind of wrap up here with some closing thoughts? You want to get into the final sad part of the episode? <laughs> Let's do it. One more little thing from the the sibling rivalry uh, note that I had. Uh, I my first moment where I cried in this, and as we continue to do this podcast, you're going to realize I cry a lot at stuff. So, <laughs> as a person who does a musical theater podcast, welcome to to my psyche. Um, <laughs> When when the uh, the the old mentor when she's uh, the the little girl is talking to the mobile, he goes, "Oh, tell her the world isn't scary." And I was like, "Oh, that's oh, big sister yeah. talk, yeah." And so then, her her father knows that he's got to protect his family from this invading several organizations. We'll we'll figure it out. We're, neither of us <laughs> yeah. are entirely sure who the bad guys are here. It's some kind of government thing or, or maybe it isn't. I don't know. Weapons manufacturers. And he realizes um, that the only way that he can protect his wife and daughter is to basically fly into a kamikaze. And it's heartbreaking because it is not only his daughter's birthday that is his last communication to her is singing happy birthday mm-hmm. as he is charging into there and i can't remember if it's before or after but like everyone there's this mythical level 33 we can't go past level 33 or pre-met whatever they called it yeah but then the little girl can just do it and you're like ah the chosen one can do it so yeah all of that was just and I, I wish I could remember which order it happened in. I sound like an idiot right now. <laughs> but it's just so much stuff at once. And like we said, yeah. this is 20, 25 minutes or whatever. And it's so much plot already. But no notes. It was great. Incredible. Yeah. The the ending happy birthday, him singing mm-hmm. it and her singing it as he explodes. And yes! like. Yes. And she finishes it alone. Oh, yeah. with a little spot in the distance. It was very yeah. subtly heartbreaking. So good. It was also heartbreaking when uh the mobile suit so she the the child starts flying the mobile suit and the mobile suit is kind of automatically fighting for her like she's just clicking dots on the screen and as it's literally blowing up enemy mobile suits she's like look at all the candles they're so pretty it's like it's a four-year-old experiencing the horrors of war and just totally oblivious to it yeah so heartbreaking ending with the father People on the the subreddit were like even if you're not going to watch the new series you definitely got to watch this prologue because yeah. well done with the storytelling. Yeah, like it it uh, if there even if there was no rest of the show, this is a pretty solid short film about yeah. a random Gundam chunk of the world we haven't seen. So like I as a prologue it's amazing, but like if you told me this was it, I'd be like, that's a solid little 25 minute movie. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a contained story in its own thing. It it leaves you just enough with a taste of the world building, but it feels like it has its own three act structure with a lot yes. going on in it but it it was um and that's the thing that's i'm i'm grateful for is because so many things that are trying to hook you into um continuing to watch will just leave mystery boxes or things that are unsatisfying all mm. of this is satisfying and then you want to see more because we're going to meet after a time jump so stuff's going to be different stuff's going to oh, be yeah. tweaked and stuff and that's stuff that'll hook me in Oh yeah, and honestly, I'm gonna. If one thing that's gonna keep me going forward, sound design. Next next mm-hmm. episode, I watch. I'm walk, watching through my big speakers. Like I want to feel it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, ten out of ten, no notes. Uh, is there anything you uh, hope to see in the series? 
hope to see in the series. I want the villain to get a mobile suit, and I want the ethics of what he's talking about in that statement of you want to wield a weapon, you got to whip. I want that to happen to him. I would also like some backstory mm-hmm. on him. Um, I, I, it's a, I, I can't imagine he won't have a face off with a little girl at some point. Like this <laughs> is a Hito Yui's ex Marquis situation. <laughs> if ever there was one, um, I would like to see, I hope the, the mom is still alive. So I would like to see, her maybe team up with the daughter. Obviously the daughter is going to be the protagonist. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would like to see more of, you know, they keep saying, what is this going to do to the human pileup? But we don't actually see any negative things happen. I would like to see what happens when this goes wrong and you are on the wrong end of the, what happens to the pilot? Is it a mental breakdown? Is it a physical mm-hmm. deterioration? I would like to see them lean into like, all right, Maybe you get PTSD from your Gundam, or maybe you have a heart attack, or maybe you did what all sorts of things that could happen. Because obviously, we're showing technology came from aiding human life, and now it's slightly in control, but kind of getting out of control. And I would like to see what does that actually look like. I've also been watching a lot of Attack on Titan where they just show you the gore <laughs> with glee. So I'm like, bring me the saddest, most violent parts. I've got a taste for it right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All those things are really good. I I think you're right. I I think the the villain playing with his philosophy, but in a that in a way that plays out in combat, yeah. is going to be very interesting. Yeah. For me personally, I like. I love the world building. I'm really excited to see. Uh, I hope more characters have these like gunned implants and stuff, and I want to see not only because. This is the chance that I that I have to watch a show that combines mecha and like cyberpunk cybernetics. So I want to yeah. see like a good mix. Like I want to see day to day people with their cybernetic enhancements doing cool shit too. Yeah, it's a little ghost in the shell without yes. having that whole conversation. Yeah, <laughs> we don't need to get into it. You have a fake arm. It's fine. It's like you <laughs> ghost in the shell without the conversation. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that's it for our uh, episode zero review of the prologue of uh, The Witch from Mercury. Uh, Alex, where can the people find you? You can find me on Twitter at AFOSELLA, A-F-O-S-S-E-L-L-A, or on Instagram at Alex Fasella, with the name spelled the same. I also have another podcast called Broadway Baby, where I learn about musicals every week. It's kind of on hiatus, but we're getting back into gear. How about you? Nice. Hell yeah. Uh, you guys, you can find me uh, on, let's do Twitter, at uh, Maxima Valen. Actually, follow me on Instagram, at Asparaguts. It's like asparagus, but with guts at the end. Uh, I have a link to all my other projects. My main, my main other project is a podcast called Don't Quit Your Day Job, where I interview uh, comedians and other creatives every single week about what they do and why they love what they do. Um, it's a great one. So check out that. Uh, and uh, I guess we're going to leave you all to... Oh, we're probably going to... I'm going to put together an email address so you guys can write in. Uh, check the link in the bio if you have any comments that you want to be read on air because I, I remember you appreciated that, Alex. So <laughs> we'll throw that in. Uh, but yeah, well, I'll leave... A, all the links are going to be in the episode description. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening and we'll talk to you guys next episode. Bye. Bye. <laughs>